0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome, listeners, to episode seven of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How
2: are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Yourself?
1: Very good. I am. Um, I had a very pleasant afternoon at the uh, the Wembley of Wadworthshire. As I, as I now like to call it, um, Devizes Town uh, on Saturday. It was glorious. You wouldn't think it was September, particularly oh, no. nearly October. Uh, and um, and a very, um, uh, and a very uh, good win for the home side. So all of the good burgers of Devizes went home happy um, against Lebec. Uh, but an incident-filled game. So we had plenty of drama on, uh, on the pitch on, on Saturday. So that, that, that really sorted me out. Me and Betty, we were quite happy. <laughs> uh, with that, very much so, um, probably not one of our feature games actually uh, on today 's podcast we 've got an absolute cracker for you this week, um, two managers. From two clubs, incredibly interesting. Um, I, I, I don't even I don't even know whether it's right to say contrasting fortunes because I mean we've really got for you more drama than Downton Abbey today. Um, the first interview we have is with the manager, the new manager of Street. Of course, Street were a Southern League side last season, did very well under the stewardship of Richard Fay. The club took a different direction. At the end of last season, and, and, and opted for voluntary relegation into the Premier Division of the uh, of the Western League, but that doesn't seem to have deterred the uh, the first team on the pitch this season under the tutelage of, of new manager um, Des Bullpin, who has the has all of the hallmarks of becoming one of the great characters of the tool station Western league. And, uh, and then for our other uh, manager interview, we speak to Justin Flowers, the manager of Corsham town. Of course, they are a team that consistently I've talked up on the, um, uh, on the podcast. They haven't had the best of starts this season, although there are certainly green shoots of recovery there, but it's very, very interesting to hear what uh, Justin's got to say about um, his side's fortunes this year. So, an absolute cracker for you we're going to start on friday the 20th of september we do like a little bit of friday night football don't we tom we don't and i think that the well the, the the size of the attendance of this game uh, mm. between bishops and bishop Sutton and radstock town suggests just how how lucrative friday night football can actually be
2: yeah i think it's a really popular concept isn't it um it's something we've seen Almost without fail, that um, uh, you look at the attendances uh, on a, of a Saturday game for the uh, the, the club um, and compare it with their if they do have a Friday night fixture and um, yeah, if it's definitely if it's standalone like Bishop Sutton uh, Radstock was on Friday night, it's uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's it's increased and uh, yeah, they, hope, hopefully there are plenty of home fans there. Uh, Bishop Sutton uh, getting a four-nil win. Uh, a couple of goals from uh, Adam Mardy giving them a, a two-goal lead inside 25 minutes. Uh, Kyle Toos then adding a third before the interval with Frankie Carr uh, striking seven minutes from time uh, to give them their first three points in quite a while. But yeah, one of my favourite grounds that I've I've been to at this level. Um, yeah, Lakeview, and it's, a, it's a good little ground. And yeah, glad to see that they did have a, a three-figure attendance on Friday night.
1: Yeah, another tick in the box there for Friday night football. Mm. Well, a, a similar scoreline for our next... Um, fixture there was really only one show in town on Saturday the 21st of September the FA Cup second qualifying round match between Tavistock and Highworth Town I'm really pleased to see that there was another very good gate here and um, well the the Western League in the Football Association Cup marches on Tom
2: absolutely Uh, a smashing win for Tavistock 4-0 over over the Southern League outfit uh, Highworth who would uh, yeah uh, dispatched of uh, Exmouth in the in the previous round, so we know that they're a, a handy side. Uh, but yeah, the Lambs um, pretty much uh, yeah strolled to victory in this one. Dan Evans giving them the lead, uh, and then in the in the early stages of the second half, Talon Burns uh, struck to make it two nil. Uh, it couldn't it wouldn't have been a, a Tavistock win without uh, Jack Crago scoring uh, for the fifteenth time this season, fourteen cup wow. goals, yeah, pretty impressive. Um, and then yeah, Luke Cloak adding a fourth uh, in stoppage time. And, uh, yeah, then two weeks' time, they now face Welling United. Draw was made uh, Monday lunchtime. Uh, Welling, who are, yeah, just below mid-table in in the Conference South. So uh, a tough tie, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, an away trip for for Tavistock, but one they'll definitely be up for, I'm sure.
1: Of course, we spoke to the Tavistock manager, Stuart Henderson, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and um, uh, at the time I thought that they had a really good chance of progressing against Highworth, but you always worry a little bit that you put a jinx on the side, particularly a lower-level side um, taking on um, higher-level opposition. Um, But I saw Highworth Town play last season, and uh, they didn't really pull up any trees in the match that I watched them um, play against, Porton Rovers. I I really was feeling optimistic, and I'm really pleased to see that they progress. We've had some really good wins. Member sides have had some really good wins over Southern League opposition. I know Porton Um, were were put away by Plymouth Parkway um, earlier this season as well so I mean um, it just goes to show how strong um, arguably perhaps the Western League is stronger than than it's been for quite some time but it's so wonderful to see Tavistock and you know we we dream the dream Tom we dare to dream that's what the FA Cup's all about isn't it who's Mm -hmm. to say that Tavistock can't go to Welling and uh, and get a result you know whilst they're in the hat there's hope Um, so we'll keep everything crossed for them um, right, moving on to the Premier Division and Bradford Town, unbeaten this season, took on Street. Well, what what can we say about Street, of course? Mm. Many people, I'm sure, would have thought that they would have struggled um, this season coming down from the Southern League in the fashion that they did. But, but Street clearly had other ideas. And um, I don't think you'd have got particularly good odds on them t- um, being the first team to take all three points um, from the Bobcats this season. But that's exactly what they did.
2: No, and uh, well, yeah, absolutely, and especially on their on their travels as well. A 3-2 win uh, away at Bradford, uh, a very dramatic uh, game there, um, and it was a yeah a late winner uh, in the end. Uh, but Ollie Pearson, uh, Sam Strange, and Leighton Thomas all on on the score score sheet for the away side. Uh, Tyson Pollard and uh, Lee Davidson uh, scored uh, just before and just after half halftime uh, to keep Bradford uh, very much in the contest, I think it was 2-0 uh, pretty late on. But then Street managed to to grab a late winner, uh, but that wasn't the end of the drama. Bradford uh, coming back, obviously, uh, we know they're very capable of, uh, yeah, getting goals. And uh, it was Pollard who obviously scored earlier in the game, uh, had a headed effort pretty late on, but it ricocheted back off the crossbar. And it was, uh, yeah, Street. Um, they hung on for all three points and, uh, yeah, move into move into the top half of the table.
1: Yeah, fantastic result there for, for Street, and I thought this was a good chance to get in touch um, with their new manager, Des Bullpin. And, uh, of course, we talk about the uh, the state that he found the club when he took over at the start of the season. But I started off the interview by asking him about his footballing journey to the Street dugout.
3: Well, it's been a long journey. I played for Street uh, 40 years ago, so... Uh... And funny you said about the dugout, I remember um, with a few of the players mixing up some concrete and making the dugout, I don't think we made the very good job of it. So uh, I started there and played there, and uh, then I went into my coaching and moved on to um, Bristol City on a part-time basis. Bobby Gould asked me to Bristol Rovers, and I went there, and then Jerry Francis joined Bristol Rovers, and we had a very successful time, and I learned a lot there. And then I moved on with Jerry, obviously, to QPR and Tottenham. And then I went on my own a little bit. I moved on to Stockbrook County, which I really enjoyed. That was the, probably the best club I worked at. thought the chairman was a good bloke. I thought they had a plan. And I really enjoyed it. Then I've been abroad. I've been to Uzbekistan. I've been to, worked in India. I've worked with the Indian under-23s. So, and then I came back to England and worked with Ian Holloway for a while. And my last league club was Milwaukee. Before coming the street.
1: So it's it's an it's an incredible footballing journey you've been on, then, that's brought you back to your hometown club. Yeah, well, it's not really my hometown, but my, my, the first club, I, uh,
3: the first sort of club that I, I sort of managed with any guilt, if you want to call it that. And um, I'm back here now. And what I have to say is, you know, the, the budget's been cut, so it's been quite hard work. The first thing I did was I signed Nick Andrews as an assistant and uh, he's been a magnificent help bringing in a lot of young players and we've picked up a lot of very good young players and we've gone young to stay within the budget. Also at the club there's a thing I call Dad's Army, a load of old men, probably my age, who keep the ground tidy and do a lot of work. So there's a lot of good people around making an effort and trying to take the club forward.
1: Now obviously we all know that the club has come down from the Southern League. What was it like to inherit um, the side under those circumstances?
3: Well, they made a little bit of a mistake and gave me the job very late. So I rung two or three of the players and they didn't want to know. So I thought, right, we need to go another direction and we just went totally young. So um, I just feel these academies around now, they, I honestly believe they throw out a lot of very good boys. So uh, I looked at that and we've, we've got a lot of rejects from Yeovil and other clubs, Southampton and wherever, and, and stuck them in the team. I mean, the other week the side was under 21, was the average age. So, yeah, we're pleased with the way things are going with such a young
1: team. Well, obviously there's been a huge amount of comings and goings um, since you've taken on the role as manager. Which are the names of the players that uh, will be unfamiliar to the fans, but you think that uh, that, that they could look out for this season? Well, I, I, I don't really want
3: to do that. I mean, I think that I've got Five or six of them in the side at the moment under eighteen. I think any one of them could play in the f- football league. I think they're good enough to do that. I've been brought through quite a few young players in the football league, and they're doing very well for us at the moment. But you know, it's the old cliche, isn't it? It's not about individuals; it's about the team. G-
1: given these, you know, the, div- the difficult cir- uh, circumstances in which you uh, you came into Street. I mean, what were your expectations coming into this season? What did you want to achieve for the side? Well, it was a struggle. I mean, I really struggled till I got
3: Nick on board because, you know, I, I made a few con- phones to contacts I had and a lot of them don't work in the game anymore. So then I, I managed to get hold of Nick and I signed his son, Cam, who's captain, who's only 20, and he's a very good player. Lots of enthusiasm. And uh, Nick and I then phoned people and kept at it and got the team together. So basically, the, he's been a, a, a massive help to me. And then, of course, on the training ground, you know, we, we, we train twice a week, and the players have taken on board what we do. You,
1: you mentioned um, your, your your dad's army of volunteers at Street. Um, of course, they'll be long-suffering fans. I mean, how have they been with you since um, since you since you took over? Yeah, well, the, the dad's army have been wonderful people.
3: I mean, the first day I went there, didn't had an office, and there was a room, and I said, "Can we make that an office?" And they went two weeks. I said, "Can we do it quicker?" I helped them, we got everything out and uh, I had an office painted and done up by the end of the day and carpeted so uh, you know, their enthusiasm helps me because there's times when obviously I get a bit low like we all do when I get a bit browned off of things but when you see people in there giving up their spare time to, to weed and keep the place looking nice and, and they're always happy and they support us whether we win or lose, that lifts me a lot.
1: Let's talk about things on the pitch, because um, uh, you've had three wins from five matches. Are you pleased with that start?
3: Uh, Disappointed, really. I thought we could have beat, believe it or not, I thought we could have beat Tennis Parkway. We just gave them, uh, was it two or three goals in the first three minutes after that. To be fair to their manager, I found a very nice person. You know, he, he said that we should have won five or six goals. So I was disappointed to lose that game. I was disappointed to lose at Shepton Mallet away, but I think a draw would have been a fair result. And um, I think the biggest problem we got is playing young boys is to toughen them up. And I felt on Saturday against Bradford, they were quite a physical side, no problem with that. I've got no problem with that at all. If we match them, you know, we competed and we rolled a little bit of luck in the goal match but um, the young centre-backs realise that they have to head, head the ball and they have to stand up for themselves. So it's been a good experience so far and um, who knows where we'll end up but we'll end up. my target was to end up in the middle but I, having seen the league
1: I think we're good enough to end up in the top six I mean the result against Bradford was certainly a standout performance on Saturday but I mean you sound incredibly confident and um, you've got a great deal of confidence in your in your young side so perhaps that wasn't quite the shock that the rest of the Western League were um, were sort of reflecting on well I'm a big believer
3: in psychology if I'm not confident then I'm you know, I give them the message that they're good enough. I know they're good enough and uh, the only way is to go forward. Now, That doesn't mean we're not going to slip up some weeks and in some weeks we, mu- we might get beat, but we-, we run out of time sometimes. We're in the 88th minute and we're two down and we could win the game and I'm confident if the game was another 10 minutes we would because I believe in them and uh, I think that's what it's all about is-, is-, is believing in yourself and believing in your players.
1: Now, obviously, we've talked about Bradford and Parkway already. Um, which other teams in the Premier Division do you think will be going well this season? I think Shepton and Mallet
3: will do quite well. I think they're very, they're just organised and they stick to what they do and they do it quite well. And I think they'll be very hard to beat it at their place. And I think they'll have a, a good season on what I've seen. I was impressed with Kingsham. I thought they were very strong, very physical. A lot of old heads who just seemed to know what they were doing. But, yeah, I think it's a good league and, I, I, and I'm enjoying it at the moment.
1: Now, you've got Hallen up next at the Tannery and this will be an interesting tie. Two sides, uh, neck and neck already in the table, virtually identical starts um, to this campaign. And, of course, if you win this one, um, that, really will, um, that really will cement that, that really impressive start that your young side have had. I'm just a bit annoyed at uh... I'm trying to sign a player at the
3: moment from Turkey who's uh, played in the first division in Turkey. And he's a little bit older. He's 25. And I think he'll get 40 goals this year if I can get him. Uh, he's coming down on Saturday. I've just found him a job. Just trying to find him somewhere to live. Uh, that's a pity I can't field him on Saturday because he's a handful. You know, he's six foot three, And he can edit. He can flick it on. And he gets hold of it. And uh, he can score goals. His goal-scoring record's very, very good. So it's just a pity I haven't got him on Saturday.
1: And my thanks to Des for his time. Now then, moving on to Clevedon Town. And they enjoyed a seven-goal thriller against Bridport.
2: They did. Uh, Really, really good game, this one. Uh, Clevedon coming from behind uh, at the hand stadium. They trailed it. Trailed at halftime, um, Lucas Vowles uh, played a big part in that comeback for Clevedon. Uh, he managed to to get them back on level terms early. Uh, Lewis Clark then putting uh, Bridport back in the lead uh, from the spot uh, before Jay Murray then uh, got Clevedon's second equalizer of the afternoon to make it two all. Uh, Vowles then scored again uh, to put them put them ahead uh, midway through the second half, uh, but Bridport yeah didn't lie down and uh, Joel Hewitt leveled leveled things. Uh, but then, yeah, in a, as you can tell, a topsy-turvy game, uh, goals flying in at both ends. Uh, but with 12 minutes left on the clock, it was uh, George King uh, who eventually scored uh, the final, uh, the seventh and final goal of the game uh, to hand Clevedon a 4-3 win. And, uh, yeah, up into the, the lofty, lofty heights, of third spot now, Clevedon.
1: Excellent stuff. Now, Cribs, uh, they entertained one of the new boys to the Premier Division, Exmouth Town, and their good form continues, Tom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Exmouth uh, haven't had a league game in, in over a month because of, uh, yeah, quite a lot of uh, cup fixtures and obviously doing well in those cups as well, which has uh, extended their uh, progress in, in those competitions. But uh, yeah, back in league action and a 4-0 win away at Cribs. Uh, it was Ben Steer, very much the star of the show, for the away side, he managed to score a hat-trick uh, and ace high back on the, on the score sheet again as well. Uh, I think he'll get a name check every time he scores. So uh, a good win for Exmouth on on their travels away at Crips
1: Now dare I say Our next feature game has something Of a surprise about it Plymouth Parkway were at home, a very healthy crowd In fact the second biggest At home um, uh, The second biggest in the Premier Division On on Saturday Saw them entertain Premier Division New boys Canesham Town Canesham coming up our champions from the first division But Canesham certainly Acquitted themselves very very well
2: yeah, I mean it wouldn't, it didn't look like it was going to be a surprising result. Uh, just after half time, Parkway pulling into a three goal lead. Uh, Adam Carter scoring twice for the home side, uh, but yeah, Kensham uh, mounting a fantastic fight back to eventually grab a three all draw. So uh, yeah, fantastic second half from Kensham. Uh, Tom Knight and Cam Ricketts both scoring uh, within 15 minutes of the restart to to get them back into the game. And, uh, yeah, then with uh, less than 10 minutes uh, remaining, it was Craig Wilson uh, firing a low shot into the back of the net and, uh, yeah, completing the remarkable comeback. And that was out of state. So a a really, really good point from Keynesham. And uh, Plymouth Parkway uh, drawing three all there.
1: And our final game in the Premier Division sees Westbury United take on Shepton Mallet. Now, last season, Westbury United was something of a surprise package in the Premier Division, making it all the way to Boxing Day before they lost their first league game of the season. And Westbury, clearly a quality outfit, haven't quite managed to hit the ground running as well as they did last season, but they come up against a Shepton Mallet side that is showing all of the hallmarks of being the dark horse of this year's Premier Division title race. Already having performed incredibly well in the cup competition so far this season shepton mallet inflicted a, a heavy defeat on uh, on the white horsemen
2: yeah five five star performance from the mallet five two win uh where at westbury and obviously coinciding with uh, bradford's loss west uh, shepton are now the only unbeaten side uh, left in the premier division uh, following this win uh, they took an early lead uh, through comrade peck uh before westbury westbury uh, leveled things for ricky holbert uh, but then it was, yeah, Mallet very much pulled away. Cameron Allen, uh, a new signing, uh, restored their lead uh, in first half stoppage time. Uh, yeah, and then after the break, very much, uh, yeah, Sh- Shepton were to the fore. Jack Fillingham uh, has proved a-, a brilliant signing for them so far. He scored twice. And there was also a goal from Aaron Sevier. Uh, so to-, to give them five, uh, Westbury uh, did manage to-, to claim a late consolation through Joe Stradling, but it was a, a big away win for, for Shepton Mallet.
1: Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation.
3: Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation. Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this.
2: Oh no, we got all the best brands too: Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade-quality
3: products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to
1: at Toolstation.com and all 340 branches now moving on to the first division and our first feature game is at the theater of cheese where a very strong start from uh, cheddar in this year's competition um came slightly off the tracks against a faltering caution town side
2: yeah it sounds like a fantastic end to this game uh, 60 goalless minutes it was looking uh, looking like a tight affair and then it yeah shot into life caution eventually running out three two winners away at cheddar uh, but yeah, fantastic game. Uh, Ricky Bennett uh, whipping in a free kick to put the host ahead, uh, before Caution struck uh, twice in in quick succession. Ash, Ouchi- Ash Ouchin, uh, easier easier said than uh, done. And Josh uh, Hard, <laughs> <laughs> and Josh Hard each striking uh, to turn the game in their favour. Uh, Cheddar then uh, uh, coming back, uh, getting back on level terms. Uh, Callum Callum Laird uh, firing home. Uh, but yeah, Caution um, managed to to, to Go ahead once again, um, despite that setback, and it was uh, Hard who set up his uh, strike partner Josh Bright, um, yeah, to complete uh, a dramatic win for, for Caution and yeah, fantastic end to that game uh, for them, and it was a 3-2 win away at Cheddar.
1: I think it was last week that I stopped tipping Caution to come good. <laughs> um, having previously tipped them at the beginning of the season to do very well. expert
2: timing, as always.
1: Well, very much so. I think they were probably relieved about that. And, of course, that game against Cheddar, particularly, you know, given how... Um, th- th- that was last season's second versus third, and, of course, there was a big points gap between Cheddar and Corsham. So, in some respects, that game could have been a barometer for how well the two sort of title contenders, dare I say, it, uh, would have performed this season. Well, given, you know, on the form that... Um, um, that caution have been sharing so far this season. Title contenders, um, they don't appear to be, but that's put them right back in uh, in the mix. So I thought this was a great time to get in touch with their manager, Justin Flowers. And I started off by congratulating Justin on that fantastic victory away at Cheddar.
0: Yeah, it was obviously um, a great result at any point in the season. I think you know they're a, a fantastic team. They were last year, and they. You know, and they are again this year. They had a hundred percent record, and to go there and win, you know, we with a bit of a depleted squad. We had, you know, we had a lot of players out as well. So, um, you know, it had a um, it was a good opportunity to give a lot of the squad players and the young players um, and, and a couple of signings we made a, a chance, and every one of them was brilliant. And um, they had to be on the day for us to get the result. And obviously, with our recent form as well, I don't think it was expected, and as a result, we definitely needed. So it was. Um, yeah, really good to get it, and hopefully that can be a platform for us to sort of go on a run now.
1: Yes, there was certainly a touch of the Norwich Cities about your um, <laughs> result on the weekend. Um, it's not been an easy start for you this season. So, if I'd have offered you a point before Saturday's game, do you think you'd have taken that?
0: Um, it's, it's a bit of a weird one, really, because I know we haven't had the best of results, but I do think we're better than the results we've had. Um, I know every manager thinks that, but you know we've got a very similar sort of squad to the team that finished third in the league last year and I know we've not had the results but you know even after the results we've had I always expect us to to go and win anywhere we play obviously that's what we're here to try and do and obviously you know it was I wouldn't say we were favourites I would have thought they were but we always have a game plan to go and try and win games so probably not I wouldn't have taken the point but if the point happens it happens you know football's like you sort of assess it on the day and how, how the game goes and you know, I think even if we had a point on the day we couldn't have argued, they were a very good side, they were good on the day, and, and we had to defend very, very well and, and sort of play on the counter and we had a plan for that, and, and on the day it worked, but um, yeah, that's what we hope to do in every game, have a separate plan to whatever that might be, and it worked on the day, which was
1: Brilliant for us, because of course Cheddar finished second last last season, and I know felt um, you know really that 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 performance should have um, warranted a, a promotion place. And um, I mean yourselves, you finished third, which was a very creditable finish, and you had a very strong finish um, to the season. But in in points terms, you were you were some way back. So I mean yeah. we're going into that game against Cheddar. I mean in a way, you in other circumstances it could have been a barometer for, for where the two clubs are going to finish. But, you know, as I suppose with everything else that's been going on uh, this season, it maybe it meant a bit more to you, that result on Saturday, to sort of get you back on track rather than just testing out where you are against one of the better sides in the league.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's the case. I mean, it's always good to get results away. You know, where we all know where the tough places are and there's no harder game than to get her away. So, at any point and at any phase or form you're in, it's great to get a win there, but... I do feel we really really needed it and um, you know it, is, it does feel like bigger than a win for us especially like you said with the start we've had so um, yeah it just gives us that um, that lift now and it gives everyone the belief that we can go anywhere and win because obviously not many teams are going to go there and win so um, it just gives us that belief and with the run we've got we've still got tough games we've got Wales next week and then Welton and and have uh, Longwell Green coming up and teams like that, so we know that every game's going to be hard, so it's, it gives us a lift just when we needed it because you know we haven't played great and the results haven't been great so uh, uh, yeah, we definitely needed it and, and hopefully that can be the start of our season from now on really, that's what we're hoping
1: Well of course Canesham got off to a slow start last season and it didn't seem to do them any harm in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean I certainly thought you'd do well, do you think that perhaps other people in the Western League who'd also fancied you as title contenders do you think you've become a bit of a scalp for the teams that you've played so far have you been a bit of a cup final for them
0: Um, it's it's always you don't want to be too um, have too big an ego to think things like that but it had sort of crossed our mind when we saw the reactions of teams who had beaten us Um, it seemed like a big win uh, for them and you know that's what um, success can bring or you know playing being um, high in the league the season before can obviously bring that I think people sort of up their game so you know, maybe we were caught a bit flat-footed with things like that, which we shouldn't have been. We you know we tried to prepare for that, and um, we wanted to start uh, this season how we ended last season, so that we could continue the run and sort of have a very good run throughout the season. But it hasn't quite been that way. But um, like you said, it's a, it's a very long season, and um, I've got a lot of faith in the players. And uh, like I said, it's a lot of the same sort of team that we had last year. Plus, we've added a few really, really good uh, young lads as well who are. Uh, you know, very. We think we can um, add to what we have got, so we we, we we just want to go on a run again and see where we can finish. I think maybe we put a little bit of pressure on ourselves as well, to be honest, in terms of you know maybe just finishing the same spot. You know, football can change every season, so when we finished third, uh, we were sort of all aiming to be right up there, pushing for promotion, and maybe even challenging for it. And I think that probably affected us a little bit um, when it probably didn't need to. So we just sort of, after the last few results, I said about just focusing on each game individually and, and trying to win win more games and then see where it takes us without putting pressure on, trying to get promoted or that being the main aim. The main aim now is just to win sort of week by week and then see where that takes us, which is what happened last year and it did really well for us. So that's what we're trying to get back, really.
1: It's very interesting to hear you say that, um, Justin, because, of course, we know that a top four finish should result in a promotion place this season. You finished third last season, as we've discussed. Uh, and, um, you know, we've heard about, I mean, you know, I'd assumed personally, from my own private opinion, that you'd be sort of, you'd be, you'd be there or thereabouts. But sounds like this start has um, made you reassess uh, perhaps your own expectations for, 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 for where you think that the team can finish this season. Or do you think that perhaps by grounding the players back in that that game by game mentality. Actually, the results will start to come, and your early season expectations will become more realistic.
0: Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's we try and um, you know we want to be as ambitious as we can. And obviously, last year that you know that took us to a place where well, well, this year would have got got us promotion. And obviously, I think it's a lot better for the league to for everyone to know where they stand at the start of the year in terms of who gets promoted. So everyone's very sure that the top four will do it. And, to be honest, we, you know, we do want to be realistic. It is a very, very tough league. I mean, some of the teams we played this year have really, really improved. Um, Wincant and Oldland, you know, great teams. Even though they were good last year, they've stepped it up. And if you want to sort of compete with those teams, you need to push along with them. So, yeah, I'm very aware that we might not finish as high as we did last year. and That's definitely a possibility. But I'm also very confident, very aware that that still could happen. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to just sort of give up this, you know, I think it's seven games, league games in. You know, we've, there's a lot of football to be played, and I'll always back our team to beat anyone on the day. Um, and it's just a case of if you can be more consistent than other teams and do it on a more regular basis, then you can, you know, finish quite high. And that's what we still hope we can do. You know, we, I think last year we lost eight games and drew ten, and that finish, made us finish third. So that's, you know, 18 games you can drop points in and still be right up there. So we've only lost four games, and we've still got a little bit of, you know, there's still games we won't win, obviously, but we feel we can go on a run throughout the season and we're more experienced and the more games we play, the, the more experience we get and we feel like we're capable of going on the runs to get us there. So, yeah, I'm very, very realistic to know that it might not happen, but also ambitious enough to definitely still be the aim, really.
1: Now, you've already played uh, early season uh, league leaders, Oldland Abertonians. Um, what did you make of them?
0: Yes, yeah, so they're a good side, very well organised and, um, it was a bit of a tight game on the day and, and they just sort of pipped it. But, um, yeah, they definitely improved from last season and, and they, they have a game plan and they know how to do it and obviously they picked up other results. So it doesn't seem as bad, you know, losing to teams when you know other teams are doing it as well. So, again, it's just a question of whether they can sort of sustain it. Um, they've got a good management team there. We spoke to them after and they're a nice bunch of people. So um, I'm sure they've got real ambitions to stay there and, um, yeah, they've started well. So good luck to them.
1: And who else do you think will be in the mix-up come the end of the season?
0: Um, it's, it's always tough to know. Now, like, like we sort of already touched on, there's there's so many teams that can just go on a run and come out of nowhere. But for me, the two teams I sort of predicted before the season were Cheddar and Wales. I know Cheddar, um, you know, how strong they were last year and they probably kept the same sort of squad, hoping to build on and get promoted. They probably should have been, they probably deserved to get promoted last year and had it taken away. So they've got a point to prove. And Wales, I, I believe, signed... Um, few quality players as well so those were the two really that I thought would be the main two and then there literally is a handful of sort of six seven eight clubs in behind that hopefully we're one of them that can then go and push for the for the next two spots that's what that's how I see it
1: one of the beautiful things about this early stage in the season is a couple of back-to-back wins, and all of a sudden that league table looks very different. You follow yeah. up that win against Cheddar with a win on Saturday against Wells. You've got them at the South Bank ground. Your season, your your start to the season is going to start to look very different, isn't it? Yeah, well,
0: that's yeah, that's obviously what we hope to do. We want to build on, on what we did on Saturday because obviously you can soon switch around straight away. It's all very well beating Cheddar, and then. And then losing the next two two games or something like that. We want to be consistent and, and perform well. And last season, you know, I think the last thirteen games we got nine nine or ten wins, and you know that's that's what it's about. And I think it's all about when the games are tight. Um, it's about who can who can you know just get it over the line, whether it's a bit of a bit of luck or a bit of a bit of magic from someone. And last year we were winning games that were really tight, and this year we've been losing the games that were really tight. So it, it really does. Um, can affect little things can affect it so we're just trying to get every, every detail right and get the players ready so that when the games are tight which in this league they more often than not are um, you know we're the ones who can sort of capitalise and get the win and, and then go on a run and obviously to win away at Cheddar and then to win at home to Wales and send a real statement out to the league and to ourselves and, and, and hopefully then we can go on a run and beat the teams that will be in and around us that's what the, the aim is
1: Now, one final question. We've talked about what's going on at your club on the pitch, um, but I also noticed that there's a lot going on off the pitch as well. I've seen an awful lot of activity on social media promoting Corsham Town, particularly YouTube. Can you tell us a bit about that?
0: Um, Yeah, well, we've got uh, someone who does all our social media. Um, Jacob, his name is, and he's just been absolutely brilliant. Um, You know, he records every all of our games, um, which is a brilliant um, sort of side to have because obviously when you win a game, like we did on Saturday it's just brilliant knowing you're going to see the highlights and see the goals and the replays and he's just got better and better with the equipment he's using and the cameras and um, he's doing walkouts and lineups and stuff like that with um, with all the stuff before games and then like you said it promotes the club and um, it's just given us a little, um, little added bonus to, to, to the club and makes us look professional and it's just it's a really good thing to have. So um, big thank you to him because he does it all in his sort of spare time. And I know a lot of clubs are trying to do the, the filming, but you need people who are dedicated and willing to do it. And we're lucky enough to have that. So, so it's a really good uh, sort of bonus for our club that we have all that. And, um, you know, the players love it as well. It's good for the supporters to look back on it. And we do player of the month and goal of the month and all stuff like that. It's just a real sort of fun element to that to, and, and hopefully makes us, you know, more professional and it's something we're really, really proud of.
1: And my thanks to Justin for his time. Uh, now we move on to, um, dare I say, it, two of the surprise packages this season. Sherbourne Town. Uh, they were at home to Portis Head Town.
2: I think that'd be fair to say, yeah. Um, Sherbourne, I think they ended last season pretty well. I think they were down in the doldrums, I don't know, around sort of April time and, and had a good run towards the end of the season. And they've, I think they've, yeah, pretty much brought that into into this season. A 3-2 win uh, on Saturday against Porter's Head. Uh, goals from uh, Josh Williams and also their man of the match, Hayden Hodges. Uh, yeah, kept them in the game. I think it was two all pretty late on. Uh, but then it was Dan Newans who scored uh, scored the winner for them. Uh, and that was their fourth win of the campaign. So, yeah, doing really well at the moment. Sherbourne a 3-2 win at home to Porter's Head.
1: We always seem to talk about Warminster on the podcast, normally for mm-hmm. their, their excellent social media. And, of course, I, did, I was very excited at the start of this season by their... Um, um, by their by their starting lineup, they looked like they were going to go very well this season. It hasn't quite panned out quite that well uh, for for but they came up against a side in Hengrove who couldn't buy a win. It seemed they'd had a really difficult start to life back in the First Division, but um, it looks like they've acclimatized um, eventually. Tom.
2: Yeah, I was going to say I think the transition back down to First Division football maybe uh, yeah put them took t- them by uh, by surprise a little bit. Uh, But yeah, three good, good results on the bounce now for Hangrove. Uh, they got a draw away at uh, League Leaders Oldland uh, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously a big win in the Les Phillips Cup during the midweek, uh, a 5-1 win. Uh, And then, yeah, Saturday afternoon, a 2-1 win away at Warminster. Um, First league win of the season. And it was uh, goals in either half from Mickey Parsons and Regan Burton helping them to a a 2-1 win there.
1: Uh, the second highest attendance in the first division uh, at Warminster. Of course, their big gates are, again, something that we've talked about before on the podcast. But um, 102 people saw that game, second only to devises against Lebec, the game that I was at. And, of course, the three points for divisors has actually put divisors just above Warminster in the First Division table. We won't dwell on that too much Mm -hmm. just now. I'm sure Tom will talk a bit about the tables towards the end of the podcast. We've got one more feature game to cover, and that's in the First Division, Wincanton Town against another one of the sides that we expect to do incredibly well in the First Division this season, Wells City. But Wells were not at the races.
2: (laughs) Not on this occasion, but yeah. Good start for Wales. I think they're, yeah, up towards the top. But, uh, yeah, going against a a Wincanton team who are now up even higher than them in table. I think they're up in second Wincanton. As you say, we'll have a look at that in a sec. Uh, But a 2-0 win uh, for the home side. Uh, Goals in in either half for them as well. It's Harry Carter. uh, And then Dan Wise uh, fired them to a 2-0 win. But, yeah, Wincanton and Wales, two of the, uh, yeah, early early season high flyers. So it was a good game there and a, a good win for Wincanton.
1: Excellent stuff. Well, that concludes our look back at the fixtures over the uh, over the weekend. We've got fixtures coming up. Only a couple of games in midweek. We won't dwell on those too much. The real action starts again in the Toolstation Western League on Saturday, the 28th of September. And which game has caught your eye, Tom?
2: Yeah, I couldn't look any any further than uh, the, the the first one alphabetically. It's Bitten versus Plymouth Partway. Obviously, Partway probably could count that as a as a, yeah a bit of a letdown on Saturday afternoon. A three goal lead. Uh, surrendering uh, uh, that to canesham and uh, yeah they'll be looking for a big rebound uh, away at bitten who obviously yeah just as 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 partway are very much a fancied side and very much a team that are uh, looking to to gain promotion so uh, yeah when two of the big hitters go head to head um, that's probably gonna catch my eye a little more than maybe some of the other games so uh, yeah fascinated to see how that one plays out on saturday afternoon
1: yeah, I think anybody who is scratching around for a game yeah. to go to on the weekend really does need to um, to go to Bitten for that game. Two of the the big hitters. I mean, we we know Bitten always turn up for the big games. Parkway will know that that's going to be an absolute classic. And I think you know it's a great game to take in this early in the season. Um, personally speaking, I'm I've not least following that remarkable interview I did earlier with Des Bullpin mm-hmm. from Street. I'm going for um, for Street against Hallen. Now, I, I think that these two um, sides, as I said in the interview, they're very, um, you know, they're, they're placed next to each other in the table. So, you know, arguably evenly matched. But um, I mean, uh, well, anybody who's listened to the commentaries that I've done over the last couple of years on the Les Phillips Cup final will know what a character um, Ray Johnston is. And of course, Ray, you know, isn't. He's known for some of his antics, I think it would be fair to say, in the dugout. And I, uh, although I'm sure he's on his best behaviour uh, this season. And Des sounds like a real character as well. So I think that that one, um, if you're in, if you're in mid-Somerset, could well be quite an entertaining match to watch on and off the field. Anyway, uh, we'll have a look in the first division as well. And which games caught your eye there, Tom?
2: Uh, yeah, I've gone for uh, Caution versus Wales. So obviously Caution, uh, can they back up? Uh, victory against Cheddar. Um, and Wales, yeah, as I just said, one of the one of the teams that have uh, had a really good start. So, uh, yeah, two two good teams then going head-to-head there. And, uh, yeah, look look forward to seeing how that one plays out.
1: Well, I am going to go for league leaders, Oldland Abertonians. They take on Cheddar. Now, of course, mm. Cheddar will be desperate to um, get back on track after that um, defeat at home to Corsham Town. But Oldland Abertonians, well, I mean... They're a completely different outfit from the side that we saw struggle last season. So it would be fascinating to see whether they can keep their good form going as well. That has all the hallmarks of being a really entertaining encounter in the first division. Uh, Now, we're going to have a look at the league tables. We've hinted at them a couple of times already. Um, But um, I suppose there's something of a familiar feel to the top of the Premier Division, albeit that these are heady days for fans of Clevedon Town. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it there is a, a little bit of a little bit of that but then yeah i mean plymouth parkway leading the way uh in top spot they have played seven which is more than most of the uh the teams up around the up around the top so the other teams do have a game in hand or at least one uh parkway but yeah they played seven won five of those they've got 16 points so they lead the way and you've got bridgewater also on the fancied sides so they've played six and they've got 13 points Likewise, Clevedon, uh, as you say, heady days for uh, for the for Clevedon fans. They're in third. They've played six and they've got 13 points as well. Uh, and then you've got a trio of teams on on 12 points. You've got Bitton and Bradford have each played five, uh, and you've got Brislington who've played seven uh, in in the league. And then two other teams who uh, have reached double figures so far. Uh, you've got Shepton Mallet. As I said, the only only unbeaten side remaining in in the Premier Division. They've played four uh they're on 10 points so a stellar start for them and you've got up down on 10 points as well but then uh, yeah looking at looking lower down you've got the likes of exmouth and tavistock obviously new to new to our league and they've only played four and three games mm. respectively um and only lost um uh, on one one occasion each so uh, yeah i don't think we can we can write them off obviously a little bit of a, an early season uh yeah Fixture backlog for those two to to catch up on, but if they well, if they can rack up the victories, they're going to be flying at that league table. So uh, yeah, still plenty to play for, and even though it does look potentially like there's a few teams pulling away, I think yeah, it could look different in in say a month's time. Uh,
1: very much so, and the first division as well. I mean, do we ever know really what to expect um, with the first division? I, I, I don't I don't think we ever do. I mean, there, a few more games played here, Tom, but mm. um, certainly. Well, you know, I, I I'm not sure that there are any clues here really, other than perhaps um, cheddar and other than perhaps cheddar and Carn. But I mean, that's you know, I don't want to I don't want to do any disservice to Oldland and um, and Wincanton either.
2: No, so obviously you you sort of mentioned how uh, yeah, there's sort of a, a, a the Premier Division is kind of as maybe expected towards the top, but in the First Division, I think that's yeah, far from. Far from the truth. Oldland, um, fascinating um, goal difference of just one. Um, there's been very few goals uh, in their matches, but they they currently sit top, 15 points from eight eight league games. So uh, a cracking start for Oldland, and uh, yeah, doing the business at the moment. Uh, Wincanton, uh, the one unbeaten side uh, with a with the best goal difference. Uh, they've played six and they've got 14 points. So a brilliant start for for Canton uh, Carl and Cheddar, the next two teams, as you say, they were up and there. They're in abouts last year. Carlton have played seven. They're on 13 points. Cheddar, uh, that one defeat, obviously, on the weekend. Uh, they've now played five, and they're on 12 points. Uh, and, yeah, two teams that we, we did mention uh, during our during our roundup, Wells and Cherbourne, they're next, fifth and sixth. They've each played six, and they've each won four of those, and they're on 12 points as well. So brilliant starts for them. Uh, and then you've got other teams like Ashton, Backwell, Longwell Green, um, yeah, who, who will be... Uh, really happy with their starts well they've each uh each reach double figures already from six games and uh, yeah let well absolutely plenty to play for um if you're looking looking at the uh, yeah difference in points you've got count up in third as we said on 13 uh, and you've got cold caution uh, down in 12 well, not even down in 12 in 12 spot they've got nine points so they're just four behind so there's still yeah plenty of jostling uh, for position over the next couple of weeks that, yeah, maybe we start to see some trends, but the First Division uh, very much up for, yeah, up, well, up for grabs, really, yeah.
1: So just before we put your bulletin down for another week, Tom, um, one last feature that's caught my eye is the um, August Teams of the Month. And uh, uh, in this week's uh, edition of the bulletin, we'll see a picture of Sue Merrill presenting the Premier Division Award to Bradford Town Manager Wayne Thorne. And also, uh, Sher- Sherborne Town skipper George Mabelcroft accepts the First Division award from Colin Goodland. Uh, so, uh, congratulations to both Bradford Town and Sherborne on their excellent starts uh, to this season's campaign. Now, of course, we have been looking at your bulletin as we always do, Tom. Where can the where can the listeners mm-hmm. find that?
2: That is on the uh, homepage of the Toolstation League website. Uh, you can download that. Uh, as a PDF and also uh, as a Word document. Uh, there's a yeah, and if you click on the tab, it'll take you to the hopefully take you to the most recent um, uh, bulletin, and uh, yeah, that will round up all the games from the, the previous week.
1: Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for your time and Pleasure. your research as always. And uh, well, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station.